Hey, I'm Zanzi. Welcome to Farmers Inside Track, the country's most downloaded farmers podcast. This is episode 239. I'm your host, Donamdu. Now, in the past, Trenton Birch used music as a weapon to break down racial barriers in his attempt to change the world. Today, he uses cannabis, hemp, and education through the Sheba Cannabis Academy to drive this change. We welcome him back to Farmers Inside Track, and this time we're focusing on his journey in the cannabis industry, more about Mzanzi's education system, his ideas to improve it, and so much more. Trenton Birch, great to have you back here with me on Farmers Inside Track. In our previous conversation, we gave a great overview of the industry, cannabis and hemp industries. You gave us some insights into the importance of it, how people can get into it. And this time I want to get to know, you know, the person behind this title and passion that you have for the industry. You spoke about growing up in different parts of Africa, being into music. Where did you find yourself within the cannabis space? Yeah, I grew up in you know Nigeria, Kenya, the Middle East. I'm a Joba boy at heart, um, but it gave me a very different lens on the world. The majority of my life has been spent in the music industry. I'm a musician, so I've played gigs all over the world and done tracks and be on radio. And live music is my first love. I can produce concerts, Greenfield festivals, spent 10 years in London working in the music industry. So that also was a great experience. And worked with all kinds of South African artists, predominantly in the urban space. I'm very into sort of hip-hop and deep house and soul and all that kind of stuff. So music has always been a massive part of my life. And cannabis has also been a big part of my life. I'm not a heavy user, but I am a regular user. And I've been using cannabis since I was very young. When I first started using it, I didn't really know why or I thought I was just being naughty. I now know that it helped me deal with stress. It helped me with my creativity. It helped me with anxiety. It helps keep me balanced, to be honest. I'm a very high-octane individual and my brain doesn't stop. Sometimes it can flip me the, the one way and, I, and my brain just sparks and my, the ideas are like insane and sometimes it slows me down. You know? So I've got a real appreciation for the plant and its medicinal properties. And I believe that if everybody consumed cannabis in the world, we'd be living in a very different place. I don't like alcohol. I do consume alcohol, but very moderately. I hardly consume at all. But if you look at what the alcohol industry has done, you know, especially to this country, in the rural areas and the townships, it's just disgusting. You know? and, and yet we have this plant where nobody in the history of mankind has ever died. It's banned. You know? It's coming out of prohibition. And it's purely because of manipulation of the media, corporate greed, and these sort of dark forces within these big organizations that are trying to maintain market share. So I used to work a lot with music to break down racial barriers. I ran a creative media school. I'm also the founding member of a nonprofit called Bridges for Music, where we built a music and entrepreneurial school in the townships in Langa, and we teach music, entrepreneurialism, and mindfulness. That was my weapon, music, and now cannabis and hemp and education are my weapons to change the world. Sounds absolutely amazing, the journey that you've been on and you know how you've transitioned to be where you are now. Tell us about Shiba Cannabis Academy. Who did you start it with? Who are the partners involved? And what made you decide to definitely get into it when you did? It almost seems like the industry is flooded at the moment. How do you think it's progressing over the next few years? So I have uh, two founding partners. One is my life partner. She and I have been at it since the beginning. And my other partner is Linda Saboto, who is a very good friend of mine. The three of us founded it, and obviously we have a full team. But essentially, we educate people about cannabis and hemp. We have relationships with lots of different organizations. You know, Agri Colleges is an organization which I know you know that we are very 
deeply involved with a beautiful relationship with those guys. We have a national certificate with them and we are busy. We were on the cusp of getting our accreditation with the Council of Higher Education and the Department of Higher Education. I spent sort of 10 years in education, almost 12 years now. So I've cut my teeth in corporate higher education and grassroots kind of NGO education. I really believe education is a complete mess globally, especially in South Africa. I think it's disgusting what's happening in the schools, even in the universities and a lot of the private colleges in our country. We're not teaching people to think. We're teaching people to be robotic. We're teaching people to fulfill job roles which won't exist in the next few years. I'm a hobbyist or passionate sort of futurist of a lot of interest in AI and technology. And we are facing one of the single biggest threats of our time, AI. But on a, on a more sort of a localized level, you know, mechanization is already threatening large volumes of people in terms of jobs. Within our education spectrum, we always have mindfulness, critical thinking. Every morning on our campus, our students meditate and they do yoga. We talk about food security, permaculture we teach as well. We go into food and the sort of toxicity in all the products that we get in the shops. We have to change the world. I didn't choose this. I just feel like it chose me. My mother always says to me, why do you have to carry all this weight of the world on your shoulders? And I just tell her, I didn't choose that. It's just the way I'm programmed. I have two kids. I'm afraid for their future. I'm afraid for their kids' future. My kids are young. And I will go to my grave fighting to make this world a better place. And I'm prepared to take on whoever I have to to do that. Sounds like you do have a lot on your shoulders, but I can hear and feel your heart when it comes to everything that you've mentioned and can just echo that and say all the best with this journey that you're on. But if you look at the setup of South African agriculture as a whole, there are so many challenges specifically for women in the sector, accessing land, we're dealing with climate change and how we should be thinking about farming differently. The buzzword is now precision agriculture, regenerative agriculture. But what is your take on where we're at and where we're going? I was just thinking about you mentioning AI and a poet friend of mine was telling me that they have this technology and AI now producing Afrikaans poetry, which is very interesting. So where are we at and where do you see us going? Let's start with agriculture and just how you see it moving over the next 10 to 20 years. I'm a cannabis and hemp specialist as opposed to an agricultural specialist, but obviously that that is agriculture. There's a few things. I mean, firstly, there, there are not enough black farmers being brought into the mix at the moment. I know there are lots of initiatives and there are lots of things that are trying to happen, but there just doesn't seem to be a lot of sustainability. I believe that animal agriculture is dated form of agriculture. We, we know, you know, whether you believe in eating meat or not, that it is completely unsustainable to be, you know, to have battery chickens and, and farm uh, cattle the way we do. Um, and there are alternatives into the marketplace now, which in my eyes are, are brilliant to mitigate those issues. So we're still teaching people to do poultry farming and pig farming and cow farming. And I'm just like, we should be teaching people to do aquaponics and vertical farming, permaculture and all these different methodologies. So I think it's an old industry, again, controlled by big business, big sort of uh, petrochemical industries. You don't use fertilizer on hemp. These kind of things are a big threat for these companies. So having said that, we have an amazing agricultural backbone here. You know, we have, we are industrialized. We are able to farm on scale. We can process. So there's a supply chain that's set up. But what we need is a mindset shift. We need to move towards regenerative agriculture. You know, the poison that we get into our fruit and veg here is ridiculous. You know, the pesticides, the the chemicals in our food. What that does is it causes disease. You know, I don't believe that we necessarily have disease in the world we live in. I believe we're being poisoned by our food. The penny dropped for me a few years ago when someone said to me, have you ever thought about the fact that the FDA in the States 
is a food and drug administration. And if you think about it logically, how can you have an administration that manages food managing drugs at the same time? It's a complete farce because you're eating food that makes you sick and then you're taking chemicals supposed to make you better. We live in a country where we have challenges, poverty, we have HIV, we have you know, economic challenges. We don't have a lot of consumer bodies here. So people get away with a lot more than they should. And I think that's the problem. The regulation on our food here is, is terrible. It's like non-existent. You know? Yes, it's there on paper, but in terms of actually processing and, and making sure that people are held accountable, it just doesn't happen. I think we have a, an amazing and incredible infrastructure. We have some very talented farmers and very talented people in that space, but we need a headspace change. We need to look at what we're doing and we need to move rapidly towards something that is more sustainable because the way we are farming at the moment is completely unsustainable. We've destroyed a lot of our land, according to the farmers I've spoken to, by using too many chemicals. And I think a lot of farmers, especially the new era farmers, starting in the industry, they are definitely thinking about this, not farming for now, but farming for the future. I've had such a pleasure talking to you, Trenton, but maybe just as we close, just your plans for Shebuk Africa, how do you see it moving over the next few years, how people can get in touch with you, and also more just about what you do briefly, just to recap. To get hold of us, you know, it's chibaafrica.com. We teach cannabis and hemp across the whole value chain from medicinal cannabis all the way up to agriculture. So we cover the whole spectrum. We have quite ambitious plans to take what we're doing internationally at some point, which we're busy working on. And ultimately, our drive to grow as a business is because it's urgent. What we are doing is urgent. You know, we can't change the world on our own. We are changing the world. Every single day when myself and our team get up, everything we do is making the world a better place. So the beauty about the cannabis and hemp industries are they are industries of passion and purpose. So if you want to do something that's going to change the world for the future generations, it is an incredible industry to get into. It's not without its challenges, but as it comes online, it will be a very fruitful industry to be in. Those are kind of our plans. We have other courses we're developing and building out, and we're very community-driven. We love to network and work with people. I think farming is becoming a bit more, in inverted commas, sexy. Young people should get into farming. It's got a very old school image, but I think that, you know, growing food is cool. You know, when you're growing stuff and you take it out of the garden for the first time, you put it on your plate, it's the most mind-blowing experience. And what it also is, is just taking the power back so that if the grid went down, you know, you could actually grow your own food. I mean, that's why on our campus, we, we have permaculture gardens. You know, we insist on people learning to grow food. So I think it's a beautiful, beautiful space. And I think it's the young people in South Africa that need to stand up and go, hang on a second, this is not acceptable. We want new ways. And we want to change the way things are done because we want the world to be a better place. Thank you so much for joining us here again on Farmers Inside Track, Trenton Birch, CEO and co-founder of Sheba Cannabis Academy. Now remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. And that's a wrap from me, Dawn Numdu, our technical producer, Megan van der Fent, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi. Keep farming, keep thriving, and thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. 